The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber is on assignment. Q2 begins with a solid jobs number for March. 431,000 shy of estimates, but with some big revisions. Unemployment down to a cycle low 3.6, wages up 5.6, and labor force participation up for a third straight month. We're going to start with that uh, jobs number, Jim. We added 1.7 million jobs in Q1, and at this three-month average rate, We'd make up for pandemic by year end. Yeah, I think that this is a mixed blessing because wages aren't keeping pace with, with inflation. So if you're uh, Jay Powell, you're saying, listen, this is absolutely terrific. But the purchasing power is going down for Americans. Uh, what I think Jay has to watch is what's going on in the equity market, which is that almost every group that I follow, except for energy and cybersecurity, uh, are expecting that there'll be pricing pressure because of the Fed. So suddenly you have mortgage rates up in anticipation of what the Fed's going to do far beyond what anyone thought they were going to do. And that's the biggest fulcrum that the Fed has. I know uh, uh, some people, Stephanie Link, talk about supply chain. Believe me, if things slow down, if housing slows, then if you're Whirlpool or if you're Mass, go to the cabinet maker, your orders are not going to be as robust, which allows you to catch up. I think what Jay Powell has to worry about is, is even the opposite of what people are saying, which is that is everybody going to be geared up and selling things at the moment when the market is uh, when the job market is rolling over? By selling things, you mean well, selling like, stocks? Yeah, no, no, Whirlpool. Let's use a Whirlpool. Like Whirlpool, they can't meet demand. So what happens? Let's say they're going let's say they're going full tilt and then suddenly there isn't an, the housing market slows. Well, it isn't like they're able to kind of stop it. Uh, it, it is one of those moments where there are a lot of companies that are think, rethinking how aggressive they want to be for 2023. On or guidance this, or pricing? On both. On both. And I look, I fear when you look at Dell going down today, the second downgrade Dell. Yeah, yeah, Goldman today. There's a sense, and if you look at Williams-Sonoma, uh, when you look at RH, which was the most frightened conference call maybe of my lifetime, I, and I'm, I wish I were not kidding about that. I mean, because, you know, everything from nuclear war to Janet Yellen invoked there. I think you see a, a belief that what's happened is that there was this giant shift to hybrid. And you had to have two houses. You had to have two cars. You had everything new. You needed a new dishwasher. You needed Stanley Works tools. Uh, and you certainly needed to build that office out with a Dell or an HP. And I think everybody finished. They've all built. Well, it's certainly uh, the word out of J.P. Morgan today uh, as they worry about end demand uh, if the macro weakness continues. So they take Apple and Qualcomm off of the focus yeah, list. Now that's OK. Let's just explain why I think that's completely wrong. All it right, it so, just fits with exactly what, what you just said. Well, no, because 5G is a secular change. Uh, yes, the consumer may be weakening, but uh, I would have said, well, maybe you take Apple lower because of Europe, but I'm not hearing that. But 
But a lot of this was just from what our interview with Sanjay Marotra from, from Micron, where he said that PCs are soft and cell phones are soft. Now, if you go speak to Qualcomm, they'll tell you, look, worldwide, everyone's going to 5G and Apple's going to 5G. So I think that, uh, that the, uh, th- those were not the ones you should have picked. You should have done Texas Instruments. Uh, you should have done uh, analog devices. Um, I, I, well, Corvo Some of the right. names Goldman took to Yes, that, that's the way to do it. That you, you don't go after the ones that have secular growth. By the way, Apple, once again, what are they doing? They're trading it, not owning it. I am, you know, look, I love them because I, I've built a career on people who have been trading Apple incorrectly. And here we go. Now, Apple did, was up for 13 straight days, you know, 12 days and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think, I think Apple's having a darn good quarter. And if you sell Apple, I beg, I want to see you get back in at 167.38. Go ahead. I want you to make my day, Game Stoppers. Yeah. Uh, those who uh, tried at 150 uh, had the door shut <laughs> where, on them. Where are they? See, now they were so clever. They knew because the neat guy had said that, the, that, the, that, that Tim Cook had called all the suppliers and basically, you know, hey, listen, man, we're so, we're so stuck with, with phones. Could you please make less? Yeah, like that's what he does. Hey, we're going to miss the quarter, and I really need your help. That's what he does. I mean, now, there are people who feel that, that I want to buy some Activision. We're going we're gonna to get to the journal story, uh, a couple new developments on the ATV ideal uh, yesterday. But as for, as for the jobs number, Jim, obviously you think this clears the way for 50. Yeah, 50 with a party on. Yeah. Because, look. More, 75? Well, no, that would be a total outlier. I did have 430 today in the pool. <laughs> um, I, look, I think that what's Brian Dees, we got to speak to him. Yep. I, I think that, that Jay Powell was waiting to see if Omicron was going to be really bad. You know, he had what kind of wow, we just had an accident here. What kind of guidance did Jay Powell get from the health by our health professionals? It was this. Uh, it was around night, it was around Thanksgiving, and what he heard was this is worse and uh, faster and it could be deadlier. So is he supposed to take aggressive action? Then you come in, the Russians don't move against uh, Ukraine ahead of the Olympics, which they should have, by the way, because then they could have gone and cut off natural gas when it was still cold. Instead, they wait because they don't want to upset President Xi. Yep. But now, I mean, we got a lot of people who are saying, look out. This is starting to hurt demand, too. Now, that's a psychological demand call is what we're getting. I mean, that was if you go over RH, what they're saying is rich people who are worried about Ukraine have cut back on their spending. Yep, yep. Now, rich people is not defined by uh, Wayfair, but that's being downgraded everywhere. It's defined by Williams-Sonoma. Uh, there was some data this morning, thanks to Lizanne Saunders, on uh, wealthy Americans having second thoughts about second homes. Uh, demand right. for vacation properties lowest since May 2020. Yeah, well, it, that's, uh, you know, and I love Lizanne, and I think that's it. I mean, I think that the second homes that were needed for hybrid work have been bought. The next second home, you're not getting 5%. You're getting 6%. So on now your you, jumbo. On your jumbo. Yeah. Uh, if you're lucky, if you have a great balance sheet, you're getting six. So suddenly you've got this real cost. These are slowing down America. So Jay, 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 you must say, when is he going to call me Fed chief? Fed chief has got uh, the market is doing some of his work and mm-hmm. he has to do the rest. Mm-hmm. But he's doing it. Sounds like you think maybe there's a time to sell in Q2. Yeah, you I do. do. Really? Well, we let it come back. I mean, you know, look at the housing stocks. They're trading at a fraction of what they were. I don't want to get rid of travel yet because I still think people 
That's a secular. I mean, you know, if you hold There's off still on getting some married, savings. yeah, you hold off on getting married, you hold off on having kids. I mean, that's all going to happen. Right. But the stocks themselves are down so much that they're completely anticipating a recession. Many are anticipating a recession. If we don't get a recession, then the stocks that are up right now on our board, like a KB Homes, which is at book value, those will be buys. But I think toll could be at 40. You know, it's 40. interesting you mentioned toll. I don't know if we can build a, a chart of toll versus cost. Uh, Costco and toll yeah, are used good. by B of A today as uh, proxies for staples versus home builders. And you look at the divergence there, Jim. I mean, that's a real recession argument, you could argue. Oh, yeah. Look, toll makes beautiful homes in areas where they need homes. Uh, but at the same time, they've been kind of they haven't kind of taken a pause in building. Because Doug Yearly has said, oh, we're going to CEO, this, this is the best housing market ever. Now, it is until mortgage rates go so high that it's not. And I want to see the spring selling season, see whether it's held back. Because, you know, five and a half, six versus three and a half, four, that really, I mean, people don't like to buy when they're that, you know, a lot of people may think that rates are going to come back. But I think that rates are well, going in the right direction I for... Say- uh, B of A today also says, what's okay, what's the big pain trade for Q2? Long, uh, the contrarian trade, long bonds, short commodities, because you would be going from a rates shock, as Hartnett likes to say, to a growth shock. I would you ever call. do that? Yeah, I love You well, do? No, no, I mean, I loved it for the parlor game nature of it. <laughs> okay. I thought it was just fun, you know? It's kind of like, wow, who, uh, who are the Eagles going to draft? I mean, it's a game. Let, let's be serious, okay? Real money is made by, by looking at great companies like a Costco and buying them. Not, not like, hey, I'll go on Costco. You know, that's a hedge fund game. And, you know, the hedge funds love to lose money because they still get their percentage, and the rich people don't know any different, right? They're busy buying calls on Activision. Yeah, may have to cover that. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that, for the most part, this, the economy is going Jay's way. Because the companies are all, the stocks are all anticipating it, with the exception of steel stocks and energy. And believe me, the pre- it, president wants to make, if the president wants to make Pioneer pump more oil, uh, it, it's not going to happen. That was a very impassioned plea that the president made. You, look, you want to plea? Open Keystone. Get the heavy bitumen uh, oil here and have it uh, refined by the refineries that can handle that. But that's sacrilegious in the same way that it became sacrilegious in Germany to, to do anything other than rely on Russian fossil fuel rather than their own fossil yep, fuel. Yep. Now, uh, who oh, knows? Look at that list. We talked about the SPR release yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but oil today dips below 98. Uh, right. First time below the 50-day since January, Jim. Well, that's why that you, commodity trade is very interesting, isn't it? But do you think it's a temporary mechanical well, look, trade? Look, yes, because the fact is, is that if, let's say tomorrow, the very fickle Chinese government said, you know what, we're going to reopen Shanghai on April 7. Then you're going to see a huge trade into oil by people saying, ooh, the Chinese economy's back. That's just what happens. There's a lot of knee-jerk trading. But the fact is that the oil companies are probably a million barrels shy here. Our economy is still using a lot of, uh, of oil. But if you really want to, like, be short oil ahead of what could be some wild man Putin move, I mean, you know, you know, we stopped talking about Ukraine for a couple of days, yep. but that's a mistake. They have 20 percent casualties in that army, the Russians. Some people say, well, Russia, this is all going Russia's way. Now, we had we had 11 percent casualties on D-Day. Uh, 
10 to 11% casualties on Battle of the Bulge. Now, these are regarded as being the two most dangerous days in World War II for America. And we're doing 10, 11. They're doing 20. So if you, if you take 20% per month, that in the end, you don't have an army. So I, I think that you have to keep an eye on Putin and how desperate he's going to become. Because he's now losing the war. And he's losing it because uh, the Ukrainian army is being suddenly getting some offensive reports weapons. Reports today of a chopper attack cross-border on a Russian fuel depot. It's unbelievable that they did that. Now, we're not there yet, are we, with uh, the former CEO Lloyd Blankfein calling for a do-little raid on Moscow. Now, Jim, I didn't say well, Moscow. there's been but, Lindsey Graham and some yeah, others yeah, who've we, been more aggressive, even more exactly. hawkish than you. I know. I know. They are more hawkish. <laughs> no, no one's more hawkish than I am. That's wrong. <laughs> I, would, I just think the Russians, this is not the Russia of old. All that hype about how great they're. They can't even feed. Hey, they have so much fuel, why can't they get their tanks filled? And by the way, they did this thing all wrong. Had they started the war when they should have, it's no different from when Hitler was not able to start until the third week of June against Russia and therefore had to deal with the rainy season right. and then had to deal with the Russian winter. These guys were as bad as, as the Nazis yeah. in terms of their planning. Uh, well, we wish that hadn't happened at all. Uh, much, you know. It's a horrible thing that they're doing. I'm very proud that we gave $100,000 from the trust to uh, American Red Cross for Poland, which you can do that. But from what I can see, this is going to be a humanitarian crisis like you wouldn't believe for no reason whatsoever. And we're not even as tough on the Russians as we were during Afghanistan when Dan Rather went to see it. Yep. No, and we've not even point. talked about uh, hunger as a weapon, which... Oh, my have, like, uh, we should be in front, front and center talking about the humanitarian crisis yeah. that is being created for no reason. But no, we sent him 100 drones. How about 1,000 drones? Yeah. You, that's been your, con- your common well, thing. Because the drones can wipe out artillery and they can also pinpoint generals. Yeah. A lot to get to this morning, obviously, as we kick off Q2. Take a look at futures here. Uh, we mentioned the jobs number 431K. That revision, by the way, for the prior month, Goes from 678 to 750k. Uh, pretty help good numbers. Wanted. We have help wanted here. Look at this right here. We have help wanted. Right? Didn't he? Did that woman win in Jeopardy last night? Because I know he's. We'll get David back next week. More squawk on the street in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. 
That's yahoofinance.com. GameStop surging in the pre-market company plans to seek shareholder approval to boost the number of outstanding shares in order to enable a stock split. Tesla outlined a similar plan earlier in the week, as you know. Uh, GameStop proposing an increase to 1 billion shares from 300 million, Jim. Tesla, Amazon, Google, well, clubs growing. People have recognized that you need to cater more to the individual investor. The hedge funds uh, and the big mutual funds are not who you want anymore because they're not sticky. This is something that Ryan Cohen is very right to do at GameStop because what you want to do is make it so that that stock price is lower. Now, there are a lot of people who are thinking that the fractional share would take off. But fractional shares scare people. It's not really worked. So you get, I mean, if he had done a four for one, it would have been up, they'd say, through 200. He might still, I don't know, what months he could do it with a billion shares. But the, the people who like GameStop love it even more. Now, Ryan Cohn, we haven't talked about, he's in a war against BCG, where he says that they did absolutely nothing and they, they want, he, they, BCG thinks that GameStop stiffed them. And Ryan Cohen is out of, he is saying, basically, he's very Musk-like. It is a tack on BCG. Now, the very staid, nice people of BCG must be dying. Because Ryan Cohen, if Ryan Cohen said, listen, I want ice cream cones sent to, to uh, BCG, as many as you can, sure. they would be overwhelmed with ice cream cones. Yeah, yeah. We are seeing some halo on uh, AMC, Bed Bath. Do you think the split thing has legs? I mean, yeah, B- very much so. We do. Actually, I, B- every, right, B- very much so. B of A has a note today that if you look at the S&P, names above $500 a share, it's like 15% of the index. If you're looking for other candidates. Well, I speak to um, offline when I speak to a CEO that has a a stock that's higher than 100. I say, please, go do some history. Look at history. During the great 80s bull market, when the Pepsis and Cokes went up, they split the stock because they were conscious of the the individual investor. And you're you're thumbing your nose at the individual investor if you're Shopify at 680. You're thumbing your nose at Costco. Now, I, I, have, you know, I have not pushed Costco enough because they're such a good company. But there is just a, they ought to sit up and take notice because they need individual investors. I told that to Disney. I said, look, you've got to get the individual investor in because the hedge funds hate you. I mean, hedge funds, I mean, like, they have this big meeting. They bring everybody down to Walt Disney World. And what happens? Guys are shorting it. They're saying this thing stinks. And, like, Disney Plus is awful, and they hate Pluto, and, you know, they want to even put their arms around, you know, Minnie, and whatever. It's like sexual harassment by putting your arm around Minnie. Do you think any of this related to Disney is because of the political heat they're now under regarding their stance in Florida? Uh, Yes. Fox News is all over Disney, as you know. I mean, they've managed to alienate gays and straights. It's really a rather remarkable thing. you got to work so hard to do that. I mean, do you think about how hard that is? I mean, you got to like sit there and plot that one. Uh, this was this meeting, which I thought was going to be so important and move the stock. Uh, I was wrong. And one of the reasons I was wrong is because the controversial nature of the CEO, who I just seems to just not get the zeitgeist of the moment. Uh, he was talking a lot about the metaverse, you know. <laughs> no. NVIDIA. First things first. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. The reopening trade, uh, I mean, availability at Disney World still tough to get. Oh, and, but, and by the way, parent company, Comcast, try getting in to, to our Universal. Theme parks. You can't get into our yeah. theme parks. Yeah. They're too filled. We're going to watch that. Kramer's Mad Dash, of course, on this Friday morning as we get closer to the opening bell in just under 10 minutes. Don't go away. 
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Okay, so if everybody's worried about supply chain and everybody's worried about the economy slowing and the twos and the tens, I've not mentioned the twos and tens because that mystifies everybody, but that's okay. It just says stocks are going lower. Then Edwards Life Sciences, Cowan comes out today. They have a device that is the miracle device. This is the one you set to crack open the chest, chest, you know, boom. Now they just insert the device, and it is just on fire. I've had the company on Mad Money, and I just think that if you want a company that is not going to be impacted by the slings and arrows of the Fed, but is doing well because we no longer worry about COVID, it's EW. So I've now given you the stock. Uh, Jeff Marks and I going back and forth about EW today and uh, whether it's too expensive on a PE multiple. But what I love about it is is that you're never going to see that it's going to get hurt by j Right. Are you the same way with all medical products? No. Uh, the strikers of the world and no, others? No, it's got to be hard. Got to be hard. It's got to be hard because people are still going to hold back. I think there's been no surge in knees, new knees, new hips, no surge. But there has been a surge in heart. Right. And I got that from a, a couple other companies too, including Abibed, uh, uh, which also makes, you know, if you look at the heart, well, I mean, it's kind of Valentine's Day. <laughs> exactly. But EW takes care of this part. And this part is, uh, is ABMD. And, you know, you want to be involved in this. Uh, it, it's a, you know, heart is very, yeah. you know, 700,000 people can die of congestive heart failure. It's the most avoidable death in America. Uh, people don't want to go. Uh, they're afraid to hear it. But they shouldn't because EW's device works. Well, joints are easily deferrable, right? Those are yes, procedures. but not heart. Yeah. I mean, people are deferring heart. I mean, that is like, I think, the ultimate in... In, ca- in, in ca- being cavalier about how strong your heart is. But the stuff that we have now for heart, congestive heart failure is so amazing. And EW, I think, is probably the uh, the best. It's come down, uh, working its way back now. But uh, they are a remarkable company. And I, I do believe that people, even Herb Greenberg, remember the short seller Herb Greenberg? Of course. He sent me a piece about why he likes EW. EW! <laughs> I mean... But Edwards Life Sciences, I remember when my father had a heart heart problem uh, and the University of Pennsylvania HUP uh, doctor said, I said, oh, my God, you have to crack the chest cave. No, he said, EW. Edwards Life Sciences. That's a good catch. Yeah. We'll watch that. I got the jobs number, of course, to dig in on a little bit more. By the way, we'll get White House reaction to the number 
uh, in just a few moments when the National Economic Council Director Brian Deese talks some oil prices and releasing reserves as well. We're back in a moment. Some U.S.-listed China stocks rallying in the pre-market. According to Bloomberg, Chinese authorities are preparing to give U.S. regulators full access to auditing reports of most of the 200-plus companies listed in New York as soon as mid-year. Jim, it's being characterized as a pretty big concession by the Chinese. Yes, and uh, you, if you want to know what the top pick is of these, if you do want to go, there's a rigorous fellow at uh, Bernstein. Well, I know, Robin Sue, I shouldn't say fellow. Uh, but uh, it says JD is the top pick. Uh, I, I saw. I don't know if you saw Win was upgraded yes. today. Uh, Travel Trust owns Win. It's been terrible. Uh, uh, City takes it to buy 96. Yes. And then again, you know, you have to feel that there's better times coming ahead in China for that to happen, although it is just an inexpensive stock. I, I believe, I don't want to call a thaw between United States and China. Because remember, we did get that, the Boeing, but it wasn't in New order. But I would say that there is no, that there is a freeze coming between the Russians and the Chinese. It's just all my, all the work I do say that the, that the Chinese have said, you know what? We wish you the best of luck. Why? Because they back winners, and Putin doesn't look like he's winning. That's exactly, um, that's a, we'll talk about that in a second. There's the opening bell, CNBC, real-time exchange. At the big board, it's truck provider, Custom Truck, one source, celebrating its first listing anniversary at the NASDAQ. Golden Matrix, a developer and licensor of online gaming platforms. To your point about China, though, Jim, I mean, um, EU's a, their biggest trading partner. Right. And the FT yesterday made the argument that they kind of got stuck with Putin, kind of got played a bit, and are now at, have a vassal state on their hands, some yeah, argue. Well that, oh, that's really important. I mean, people forget Putin, uh, that Italy, which has an economy the size of Russia, uh, kind of sold out to, uh, to China with the Belt and Road Initiative. Now they have, a, they have someone who runs the country, Draghi, who's very smart. And I think that Italy is trying to figure out who they're with. The Germans are trying to figure out who they're with. But the Chinese will go with who anybody's with because 25% of their business goes there. And the Chinese, let me tell you what the Chinese are very afraid of. This is really interesting. Uh, between our natural gas and Australian natural gas, if the president wanted to, instead of browbeating the pioneers of the world and the EOGs, we could shut them down. We could shut China down. We could turn down, we could just say no more LNG to you, China. But we don't, you know, our president is uniquely uh, tone deaf to what can really happen. But you could shut them down. You could go to Australia and say, listen, we don't want you to send any more LNG. Uh, Romando did meet with Australian officials uh, yesterday. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? China, you don't have the upper hand. You don't have the leverage. And Russia, you don't have the leverage. The West is proving to be stronger than we thought. And by the way, the paper tiger that is that is uh, Putin. How many soul, How many conscripts are just kind of every day saying, "Man, I can't wait to kill our people," because a lot of people feel it's their people. Right. They're killing a lot in the East. They're killing Russians. So that's Russians against Russians because Putin is calling for Russia. Like I don't know why you would shoot your own people. I mean, why? Yeah, or shoot down your own planes, as some reports have suggested. Well, you know, look, uh, Chechnya, you know, they were Muslims and. Uh, they are Muslims, and, and Putin was, was telling the West, listen, they're all terrorists, which, of course, proved un, untrue. But this is, you know, these are people who are, it, it's hard. If you're a soldier, I mean, it, you know, think about Kent State, what happened here. Our soldiers killed people who were unarmed, and it changed the world. 
uh, they're killing civilians who are Russians. So, I mean, I, I don't get it. But believe me, the Russian people, if they knew, and I get pictures of, of, of department stores, if they knew yeah. what other people had. But the press, there is no free press. Right. So if you have no free press, then you're not unlike what, uh, I don't mind call it, talking about the Nazis anymore, because it's like Nazis. Then you're like uh, when Goebbels said, we have to have the Stalingrad's men's chorus singing Christmas carols when there was no men's chorus and they were dying. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the polling research suggests Russians aren't really paying attention to the war at all. Because they're not fed any information no, about it. No, I mean, they, or they're saying that the war's going well. Right. And you always see these polls saying that uh, Putin's ratings are high. Okay, so you're in Russia. Do you want to say, I love this phone? No, I don't like Putin. I mean, what are you like, out of your mind? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, Putin's the greatest man ever, Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Jim, you've mentioned uh, ATVI a couple of times now. What do you, yeah, what do you make of this? And what do you make of Diller's comments? Uh, I didn't wait until I was 80 uh, to participate in so obvious a fraud. Look, we don't know what really went on. I do. I know Barry Diller, and, and it does seem crazy that. I mean, you know, he's a very savvy person about business and stocks. So I, I, I don't know the details. I know that there were calls bought, but this Barry, I, I, I'm, you know, benefit of the doubt. We don't have a Justice Department. It, the Justice Department leaked this. I don't know. But, I, you know, Barry Diller, I, I'm going with this kind of American justice innocent until proven guilty. Barry Diller is, did not just fall off a turnip truck. So you could say, well, wait a second. Neither did Martha Stewart in the days when uh, she uh, did the wrong thing. The Justice Department caught her. Uh, but I, Barry Diller, I'm not, I'm not buying it until I've got a, tr- a real indictment. Right. I'm just not buying it. Now, in addition to that, we had four senators yesterday uh, asking to look into further the harassment allegations. Uh, do you think the deal's in jeopardy or not? Bottom I, line. I still don't. Those senators are some of the more radical senators. We have radical senators now, not unlike in the early 30s. And we have senators who, uh, you know, th- these are severe charges. And, and, you know, Kodak, I think, you know, Bobby Kodak, Bobby, Bobby Kodak's, inc- I'm going to say he's incredibly rich, but you got to be miserable and horrible because you presided over this enterprise that you kind of was hoping, like, give it to Microsoft, maybe get rid of it. And no, it's just that he's being dogged. Uh, again, someone would say, Jim, he's rich, so so what? It's not great to have the Senate senators come down and say, listen, we, we see what you did, Bobby Cota. When Bobby Cota came on Mad Money to talk about, hey, listen, we're, like, doing our best, and that wasn't good enough, obviously. Uh, Amazon, we're watching for the final vote tallies in Alabama and New York, but it does look like Alabama is going to reject union efforts once again. Got some data on Andy Jassy pay, uh, even higher than Gelsinger's. Uh, well, but I would imagine you'd argue more in, deserved in that in case. A better year. Yeah. You know, I mean, Gelsinger, you know, St- Stafford had a better year you know, than, than Mahomes. Now, I, I had a little, there's a terrific woman, Jenny, who's on uh, the judge's show. And she and I were arguing about the cash flow situation at Intel. And what I've been saying is there's a messianic approach to, uh, to Gelsinger and the Ohio Silicon. And he's just on a mission. And man, do I ever not want to own stock of someone who's on a mission. Right. See, that's bad. I don't want a mission. I want profits. And I'm not talking about the P-R-O-P-H-E-T guy. I'm a seller of the profits. <laughs> This is a remarkable thing to have the a CEO who is deciding himself that he's going to take a company 
and rebuild American manufacturing with the help of uh, Commerce Secretary Raimondo. And there's, I bet you you can't find 100 people who can do it, what he wants to do in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, imagine you're applauding him, but it's not a stock. Exactly. Not through this lens well, of the look, I, I think you can do two things. I think you can praise a company and not own the stock. And that's my feeling with Intel. I praise the, what he wants to do. I think it's terrific. Uh, we, need, we need that. But um, I'd rather own AMD. I think AMD's come down too much. My trust owns it. You mentioned I was this well yesterday. aware that when Sanjay... Look, the Sanjay Marotra interview on our show was what caused... A huge shift in people's thinking. And, and, and you, I mean, you got to go back and parse every word. That, that's ridiculous. Stock's down. It's down nine yesterday. But all he said was that there's some weakness in cell phone and PC. Uh, but he never said, he didn't quantify that the weakness is in, is in um, four, not five. People want to upgrade. They want to upgrade. They want to get out of four. G4 is dying. And so what he was saying is that G4 is dying. But G5, you know, you get to five, the five is growing like mad. And high-performance computing. Now, the issue is gaming. Is gaming strong or weak? And, Carl, I've got to tell you, I keep hearing that gaming is weakened. But I want to hear it from Best Buy. Right. I don't want to just hear it from, you know, the shorts. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch I mean, it. I read the shorts and we'll watch it. Twitter. Yep. They think that no one's buying any of them. Yep, we're going to pay attention to and uh, consumer and demand for chips. Uh, the jobs number, of course, is hugely consequential today. The ongoing inflationary headwinds for the economy and potential recession warning signs. We're joined this morning exclusively by top White House economic advisor, National Economic Council Director Brian Deese. Brian, uh, good to see you. Happy Friday. Thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. Uh, some people looking at the uh, the print today and saying with 1.7 million jobs printed in the quarter, uh, hard to imagine that we're in a recession right now. It's hard to see. This is a strong report, and what it underscores is the incredible resilience of the labor market recovery. As you said, we're seeing about 560,000 jobs a month over the last quarter, and that's been consistent uh, over the last year. Uh, And importantly, we're seeing that in broad breadth, and of course we see the unemployment rate now down to 3.6%. We've not had an unemployment rate lower than that, Uh, In the last 50 years, there's only been three months in the last 50 years that the United States has had an unemployment rate uh, lower than 3.6%. So we're continuing to see a lot of momentum and strength in this labor market recovery. Uh, Labor force, uh, 62.4. We're within a stone's throw here now of getting to pre-pandemic levels. Do you think that's going to happen? And, And why is it up for three straight months? Well, I think you're raising a really important point. If you look at labor force participation, you know, we've had a lot of talk about people getting back to work. The 12 month increase in labor force participation over the last year is stronger than at any time in recorded history in the U.S. And labor force participation has come back stronger in this recovery than any of the past four recoveries. We're seeing that accelerate over the last couple of months. That's a very good sign. It's a sign that people are getting back into the labor force. We're seeing more segments of the population get into the labor force as well. And that's, of course, uh, good for uh, the question on the long term of the of price pressures in the economy. We need more people to get uh, into the labor force. But what we're seeing is, is that happening at a historic rate right now. Well, Brian, Jim Kramer, I am concerned that the uh, wages are not growing as fast as inflation. Don't want guns and butter. Uh, you know that it's a pyrrhic victory to have tremendous employment growth 
if the price, if the price of everything, everything is going higher, what are you going to do about it? Well, number one, we are continuing to see strong wage growth. And the wage growth in the bottom half of the income distribution is continuing to drive that in an outsized way so that even in real terms, we're seeing strength in that uh, wage, uh, that wage base at the lower end. But you're absolutely right. We need to focus on costs and prices. Uh, The Federal Reserve is acting on the monetary policy side. From our end, we're focused on where we can actually bring price pressure down and lower costs for consumers. I'd point to what the president did yesterday, an unprecedented historic step to use the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to put a million barrels a day of oil onto the market in this short-term bridge over the next several months as U.S. producers ramp up. That's a step that we can take. Uh, We've seen some moderation in the price of uh, of oil as a result. And we're going to keep looking for places where we can lower costs. There are a lot of places where we could actually lower the costs of lower income families today in a way that wouldn't add to inflationary pressure. Those are the kinds of things that we should prioritize in this economic moment. Are you ready for the uh, uh, longshoreman strike July 1? I'm sorry, what? For a longshoreman strike, the contract's up. In the oh, on the West Coast. Look, yeah. we have been on this issue of uh, fluidity at the uh, West Coast ports for some time now. Uh, as you know, and you all have covered, uh, it's been a journey, but we've made extraordinary progress. Dwell times at uh, LA and Long Beach are down 60% since uh, September when uh, we all started uh, really focusing on this. And obviously, as we look forward, there are real challenges. The labor negotiation, one of them, uh, going into peak buying season, what's happening in China and Xinjiang right now, all of those are risk factors. But we've got an entire team focused on this. Um, we nominated the president, put a port envoy, John Parkari, into that role precisely because we knew these are issues where we need public-private collaboration. Uh, and on that issue and others, we're going to continue to do what we can to just bring people around the table try to find uh, practical solutions, whether that's sharing data more effectively or figuring out a path forward through the labor negotiations. Hey, Brian, the uh, the SPR release got uh, a lot of attention this week. Actually, gasoline futures have uh, leveled off a bit, started the week around 340 and we're about 312 uh, this morning. What is the what is the long term strategy uh, of that release, given that it's going to take a while for the oil to hit the market? And how do you react to people saying it is a midterm gimmick? Oh, look, I think it's exactly the opposite. This is a well-calibrated but historic step to actually supply the market into what is a clear supply disruption. We have a clear supply disruption, not enough supply in the market because Russian oil has come off. And we can use this national asset to put a million barrels a day onto the market. I know there's been some questions. We have the operational capacity to put up to four million barrels a day through the four different different. Uh, caverns that the that make up the strategic petroleum reserve we can do that and we can do it in consultation with our allies there's an IEA meeting going on right now we anticipate there'll be an announcement out of that around a collective release uh, from reserves around the world this isn't a gimmick this is a practical way to get supply onto the market more quickly than production uh, can ramp up elsewhere okay so uh, one of the things that concerned me yesterday about what the president said was Uh, There are a lot of wells that have been drilled, but are not in operation. Uh, But this is only these are on uh, land that is not known by the federal government, by some very responsible companies that are trying very hard, by the way, to reduce their carbon footprint. And suddenly they wake up and instead of being told, hey, listen, you know, we've got the Permian and we're doing a great job. They're told if you pump or else. And I wanted to know what else means. Is else mean tax, a tax if they don't pump? 
Well, I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, I, I know you were talking about this earlier. What the president was talking about yesterday was only activity on public land, on federal land. Okay. So you're, uh, 90% of activity happens on private land. The president wasn't speaking to that at all. On public land, where companies are actually getting permits from the federal government for land that, the tax, that is the taxpayer's resource, what the president has said is, if you are going to actually use the permitted areas that you have permitted and explore or turn those wells back on, that's fantastic. And if not, you should pay a higher royalty to hold on to those permits if you're not going to explore them. Those companies, as you know, always have the option of returning those permits to the federal government or transferring them to others. So this is really not intended to be punitive. It's intended to be a practical step to try to encourage increased production on federal land given the tools that we have. Companies are free to operate outside of federal land the way that they are and then the way they continue with. All right, good, because it would be, uh, you're absolutely, I can't, yes, these companies would be irresponsible during this time if they took, if they were on federal land. But I do know, sir, that uh, we're really talking about a million barrels that they're holding back. It, it, you know, it, I'm gonna say it, I know you don't wanna hear it, but it's much less than Keystone. And those refineries were built to handle heavy bitumen oil. Uh, and if you wanted to change things, you could say, you know what, let's rethink Keystone. Are you thinking at all about that? Look, I think you, you know, we know from covering this, any action on Keystone wouldn't actually increase supply and it would put bring oil, it would transmit oil years into the future. What we're focused on right now is what we can do right now. And to your point, there are wells that are shut in and that can be brought back online over the course of the next couple of months. That's what we need right now is to address the immediate supply disruption. The disruption we have in the market is an immediate supply disruption. That's why the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is an appropriate and important tool to use because it's designed to address immediate supply disruptions. And that's why this question of using permits, those 9,000 permits all on federal land, where there is already activity that's already been explored, those wells that can come back on that's what's going to bring those million barrels a day in the short term, not long-term questions that we can have debates about, but the long-term questions really cloud what is the short-term priority. We're trying to keep our focus there. Hey, finally, Brian, not at the risk of getting too wonky, you know, we end up talking about uh, twos, tens, and 530s a lot, the, the yield curve and inversions. How, how does that get talked about in your office? Is there a sense that it remains a reliable indicator at all about recession risk? Look, certainly it's something that we focus on and we track, uh, and there's plenty of reason to uh, pay attention to it, but also to have some you know, questions about its relevance given the current market environment. I think it, what you're, it goes to is the broader question of recession risks in the economy. Uh, it's something that we pay attention to. We closely track uh, the yield curve and other potential indicators. But I think the report today and a lot of other contemporaneous indicators underscore that what we're actually seeing in this economy right now is a strong and incredibly resilient labor market, a strong U.S. consumer with household balance sheets continuing to be in healthy shape, and the U.S. actually quite uniquely positioned globally to drive an economic recovery through a number of, uh, you know, a number of shocks, including the war and the supply shock that we're facing now. So if we look across indicators, really what we see is resilience, continued strength, real challenges on the price uh, side, which is why we're focused on things like the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Brian, appreciate it. Covered some good ground today. Have a good weekend. Uh, Brian Deese, you too. National Economic Council. The, that was very substantive. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm used to not 
I'm used to dreading the interviews. Yeah. I'm used to saying, okay, well, I'll ask a question about oil, and he'll come back and say, you know what's so terrific about the wage rate? You know, and they'll say, well, well, let's talk about drilling. He says, you know what's so fantastic about it? We have many people involved. He listened to questions. What a delight. Yeah. Now, someone probably says he sounded like Republican with the oil. He's a, but, you know, I, it was a delight to hear someone from an administration come on and respect and respond to our questions. And I applaud that because it's usually a complete sham. By the way, as we were talking, market manufacturing PMI for March uh, coming out a couple moments ago, 58.8. We were looking for 58.5. Before we go to break, time for the bond report. We do got some inversions, uh, threes, tens a bit, twos, tens, uh, still inverted by about one basis point. Did Uh, you get my 210 doll in the mail? I've got a bunch of 210 dolls. Tenure 244. Don't go away. Uh, It's another day of some downgrades for some... uh, Retail names, in this case, Barclays cuts Gap to underweight, along with Wayfair. But look at Lululemon. Uh, it's going to be your biggest NASDAQ 100 gainer the upcoming for the uh, week. meeting. A mirror apparently doing better. The, the new fashion style is really good. Calvin McDonald has got it going. And that turned out to be a pandemic stock that wasn't a pandemic yep. stock. Uh, along DocuSign, we'll watch as well. And booking holdings as the reopening trade remains in place, some say. Dow's up 70. Don't go anywhere. Time for Jim and stop trading. First, I, I want to say I did not mean to send NVIDIA down. Their business is strong. It's not gaming is, is an open question, but I think gaming is strong. I want to clarify that. I'm getting a lot of heat. OK, so uh, Barclays comes out today and says they cut the numbers Proctor and Colgate, uh, Kimberly and Clorox. Now, I want to tell you that if you're Proctor, these are all raw costs. You can actually stand up to any plastics company and say, you know, what? we're not going to take that price increase. The other guys, maybe not. But I, I think the analysts should recognize that scale means that the chemical company takes the hit, not Procter. Mm. I like Procter very much here. Same thing with Pepsi and Coke. The people who supply them, they take the hit. This is not NVIDIA where yeah. they're telling the, well, everybody, listen, you need a subscription if you want our chips. You want our chips, a subscription, and then you got to buy the chips. So those who are selling in video on this, I mean, give me a prayer. I mean, kind of, sell kind of the inverse of what Peltz once said about big lumbering brands, yes. right? That, uh, exactly. Yeah. Jim, what's tonight? Peltz is so right. And big wedding coming up there. Okay, so tonight I've got Broadridge, which is we're talking about the actual voting because it's proxy season. And then I have Blue Owl, which is a, a company a lot of people have been asking about, which is a, uh, a financial company that's doing quite well. Uh, the, you know, look, I got to tell you, people should vote. But the younger people like Robin Hood, they should recognize that you can vote. Yes. You got to work on that. Yes, that's part of owning. Uh, I love stock splits, guys. I'm coming after you if you don't do them. You're too, you favor the rich, and you don't want to do that. We'll see you tonight at yep. 6 p.m., and have a good weekend, Jim. Thank uh, you, Mad you Money. Too. 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.